Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'll take you for a ride on the devil's ship. I'll take you for a ride where you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Jacques Rougeau, welcome. Hey, Pantelis, how are you? I'm good. This is big. This is big for me, Jacques. To have you. I'm very excited to have <laughs> you on. You're very kind. You're very kind. Thanks for having me. And you brought uh, Jeremy Prophet. We all know him. Fan of the show. And my fans are fans of him. He's a good dude. And I'm fans of them, too. Yeah, you are uh, the suplex master. You're a good wrestler. Everybody likes wrestlers, and they like your attitude. Well, you know, I bring the attitude to the table all the time. And uh, if the wrestling can compliment it, hey, you get the best of both worlds. He didn't bring belts this time. He was bragging last time. He was trying to show me up. He's oh, yeah. trying to show me that he's the champion and I'm not. <laughs> but this time, no belts. You believe this guy came to my school? He started at my wrestling school? Did you start at his wrestling school? Yep. 2003. Jacques, let me ask you, how was that for you, the transition from professional wrestling to being in it, to being on the big stage, and then wanting to give people, give back what you learned? How What clicked and you're like, you know what, let me give some some stuff to people? Well, I think it's just a matter of uh, of, of passion. You know, and, and, and I couldn't fulfill the boots anymore of the big leagues, you know, at the age of 40, 45. You can't compete really with the guys that are 20, 25. When did you start feeling it? But, uh, but, but uh, you know, it's funny because uh, I should have brought my little nip up there. I'm 61 years old. I still lay on my back and I do nip ups. You're 61 yeah, years old, Chuck. Yeah, and I do nip ups on the floor. Like I just land on my 61. feet. And so, so, so it's all in your mind. But to tell you the truth, uh, when I took about, I had three retirement matches <laughs> because difference, differences with the bosses or things like that. Just one happy, but then couldn't get away from it. It was just, uh, and now I start to understand a lot of people in different uh, disciplines were singing and stuff like that. Like Dodo in French, Dominique Michel, she retired, I think, 20 times. But it's like, because when you retire, it's a state of mind. But when what's in your heart and in your soul always comes back to you when you start feeling good in life, you know? Yeah. So that's why it's a, it, so for me, I had to stay active in wrestling somehow. And and, and after I quit the WWF, uh, Lord knows, I, I started my wrestling school. And Jeremy was one of my first students. But I started my own wrestling, my family-orientated shows also, which I produced for 20 years with my three sons. You know, my three sons came into that one after the other. And, and now about three years ago, my three sons, unfortunately, they explained to me that it was my passion. It wasn't theirs. Oh, well, they really didn't have it at all, that well, same fire? not the same passion I had for it, you know. So so I closed my company down. I closed my school down. I went into a little depression, I must say, you know, when the COVID hit and everything. But now, you know, it's like after three years, I I, I did some podcasts for, uh, I started during the COVID to stay active and, and to be visible. And it was so amazing because all the, the, uh, the superstars and singing and comedians and every, they were all secluded too because of the, the, the they couldn't do any shows because of the COVID so they wanted to keep busy so I kept calling them I called Georges Saint-Pierre I called Marc Labrèche you know big names Marie-Hélène Sibère and they're all saying oh yeah Jacques I'd love to go and do your podcast you know and for free too you know yeah, they yeah. Were, so I was saying wow so that kept me active and stuff and now that the, that the COVID is, seems like it's releasing and uh, 
After two years of podcasts, I realized that that's not what I want to do. <laughs> you know, I'm having fun, but that's not you what I want to do. You want to get back into wrestling. I want to get back into wrestling. And, and uh, so that's when this big project happened. And this this is good also because I feel like it comes at a perfect time because we went through a couple of years where there was only one um, area for wrestling. And it was just the WWE, which is not a bad thing. The WWE was still great. But the fact that AEW exists and uh, I, what is it? it's TNA. So you know, right so you know AEW, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's the greatest thing for the boys. You know, it's always good to have competition in wrestling. You, if someone has a monopole, then it's like, sorry, excuse my 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 English, but you got to kiss ass or you got to leave. You know, but 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 when you have competition, then you could always be more respected by the boss because he knows if ever you want to leave, there's always another door as popular as his. That's and open. is this creating a want now for let's say international wrestlers? Because I know from Jeremy that Canadian wrestlers used to have. A, harder time going down because there's more spots now is there more demand too for no, our guys no I, I don't think so i think it's still a hard thing because getting papers and visas and stuff that's like that the pain it, the yeah, that's the main problem you know and, and try to cross custom and go to custom guy and just say what are you doing there for the weekend uh, i'm going just fishing or and then you got <laughs> yeah. your wrestling boots you know and the, so it's, it's not easy i'm gonna uh, give some <laughs> <dude a> DDT. <laughs> <laughs> even me when i go do my comic cons now you know it's like uh, it's difficult uh, it's no yeah. because I, I have notoriety thank god but when i get the customs you know I, I, and I always carry my dolls with me and stuff like that so if I see a guy's really hard with me and he sees what's that shock stick you got in the bag there you know or, or what's that all these belts and stuff and then I, I, brought, I bring out my dolls of me and Raymond the fabulous Rougeau brothers or the Mountie and then he looks at it and says that's you and then I, I and then I see the, the the relationship growing as we speak. He starts remembering, and then and then I uh, before he has a chance to say anything, I tell him, "Hey, you should go see on YouTube my match against Undertaker. You know the Mountie against Undertaker." And then he says, "Oh yeah, yeah, Undertaker." And I say, "Yeah, you should see my match with Hulk Hogan too. Like you know, I beat Hulk Hogan in Montreal." Oh yeah. So then the guy's already a fan of mine. So okay, I'm gone. I'm across the border. That, but, that's but, good but, when but, you've done stuff like that. But yeah. but, but, uh, but you know, it, it, it's fun uh, up till today. And uh, now you see when I get caught up in these stories. I forget what I'm talking about. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. We, no, we were just saying how good it is now. That there's some competition and it's good for our guys to be able to be wanted. And exactly. And the thing is of this competition of Wrestling Academy, I, 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 you may hear me say throughout the... The show and you started this competition was your brainchild yeah. yeah yeah you may start you may you may hear me say wrestling-academy.ca a few times go ahead yeah because it's an amazing website you're gonna see them old timers wishing Canadians good luck, Canadian wrestlers. Bring that website up. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you got to listen. You got all the contestants with their little thirty second videos. But the thing that's great about that, I gotta tell you a great story about oh. this, if you don't mind. Uh, when I first started this project, you know, I, I planned. I went to get four sponsors that would give five thousand dollars to the winners. So there's we starting with forty talent, forty two exactly, and and every week, like in the Star Academy in French they're the singing all the thing. reality shows yeah. yeah we're gonna eliminate four per show and and, and, and so the last four they're gonna win five thousand dollars it's a lot because a lot of indies they wrestle uh, for 25 50 100 sometimes 200 dollars a night so if you if you have five thousand dollars you know after this competition working three or four times if you last it's great but here's the thing here's the catch so something amazing happened to me and that I didn't even realize it so many things. But anyway, the first thing I'll tell you about is uh Jeremy, you're 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 jumping all over the place. I you're distracting our you. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're distracting the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think he's gonna jump on me. There, he's reaching up. Are you okay, Jeremy? That's <laughs> no, all good. I'm in a non-violent okay, okay. mood. He, he yeah, grabbed yeah, yeah. a foldable so, chair. So, <laughs> I, 
So I gotta tell you. So here's the greatest thing. Yeah. So so I found four sponsors, so they all win five thousand dollars. So then I say to myself, it's all good the five thousand dollars, but what can I really make it really attractive for people to want to join in? You know? So so I I I send a call, a free call. I got a number, a QT Marshall, a guy that I don't even know. I haven't followed wrestling since 96 when I quit the WWF because it was on bad terms with Vince. I just went like this to wrestling. You didn't want to like, I anything. don't even know the stars in the last 30 years. The only ones I knew was maybe Stone Cold because my students were going like this or go or Goldberg because I heard about him or, or John Cena because he was in the movies. And oh, the, but you really left completely. You didn't want to see what was happening. You I, were I disconnected. Was okay. I was hurt. Exactly. I was really hurt of our relationship, how it finished. Did that so, fix up? Did you ever rectify that relationship? No, no. It never. never Never did, never did. That's why I'm not in the Hall of Fame today. Because all my partners and everybody, the hearts, everybody, the rockers, everybody that I wrestled with, they're all in the Hall of Fame, but I'll never be. Because How is that part? He forgave and he was cool with yeah. for well, way less. Or, well, to be honest with you, everybody that I go in Comic-Cons around the world, they're all telling me, like, Jacques, how come you're not in the yeah, Hall of Fame? Absurd. So there must be another reason. Maybe I'm not good enough either. <laughs> I'd never faced that one. But anyway, Or maybe but, you're going to get the call. But, but maybe I get the call. I know yeah. Undertaker's going to be in the Hall of Fame this year. It's awesome because he's well-deserved long time ago. I don't know how come he's not even in there. He's got the most WrestleMania uh, appearances in the world. I think you maybe know. you think they were avoiding it while he was still active. Maybe they I, said, Let's I wait. don't know how they think uh, anymore. The Hall of Fame, but I always thought the Hall of Fame was something that you should be in there for for what your performance give and not for the friendship you have with the boys, yeah. you know, or the relationship. I but if Ultimate Warrior got in, so I don't see how Jesus, you cannot get in. So, so all this to say, so I'm thinking of QT Marshall. Someone gives me the and they tell me that he's got a great wrestling school, one of the greatest in North America. So I'm saying to myself. Wow, if I could get my four Warners to go spend one day, just one day with QT Marshall there, where he puts them in the ring and evaluates them on the microphone to see how good they are, maybe he'll have an opening. And what a great, great gift for my Canadian wrestlers, you know, to have a chance to go at the at the place where a lot of the big leagues recruit. So it would just be a great feeling to be in the big leagues for one day. So 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 he does so I call QT Marshall. He says, Mr. He starts calling me Mr. Rujo. Like, he's got the great respect for me. You know, maybe he's 40 years old, so he probably followed my career, I guess. So he's giving me that one day just like that. So I'm so happy, so happy. So I start doing podcasts around the world. I'm doing podcasts in Australia and London and Liverpool and England, everywhere on the world because I, I reached out for my contacts and I have notoriety. I had three characters in the WWF, the Quebecers tag, tag team champion three times, the Mountie, which was a great, great character. My brother Raymond, the fabulous Rougeau brothers, you know, so I had notoriety. So I called all these places. So they put me on podcasts. And I, and I say, well, hey, can you do me a favor during the podcast? I'd like for you to put a video on for me. Actually, if we could put the QT Marshall video on. Oh, no, no, not yet. I'll tell you I'll tell you my story you first. You don't want to ruin it. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to ruin my punchline. So anyway, so, 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 anyway so, so, so QT Marshall's at the Nightmare Factory for the last eight months. And he's getting calls from Australia, from everywhere. How do we join? How do we get in? And all over the States and everywhere, it's like I'm doing podcasts. So they, they see this opportunity. It's one they want to join the Academy. They join. So he's getting also his phone is red. No, not the Academy. They want to join the Nightmare Factory. Oh. Because he, everybody's recruiting out of the Nightmare Factory to go and in the big leagues. And they saw because you kept talking so about that. I kept that talking day. and showing this video. So he calls me about three weeks ago, approximately. And he says, uh, Jacques, what are you doing? I said, well, what? I don't want to put him against me or nothing. You know? He said, no. He says, my phone is red at the Nightmare Factory. He said, I'm getting so many calls. He says, listen, he says, why don't we do something? Instead of you bringing my talent in for one day, he says, bring your talent in for a week. We'll take him for a whole week. And I'm going like, yes, a week. Holy shit. That means that you don't have to worry about... 
you know, you never have a second chance to make a first impression. Right. So if you go one day, imagine your throat's dry, you're so nervous, you know, and you can't perform. But Tired. if you go a week, you, you mess up on Monday. You got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to make it again. And there we go on my podcast. So now I'm going wild. I'm calling everybody I know about podcasts and they're all helping me. So that four days ago or five days ago, so I'm going on a Nick Dross's podcast. Yeah. And I'm going on his podcast, and I ask QT Marshall, would, there's a lot of septic people, a lot of haters that are saying that's not true, it's not true. I said, do you mind doing another video just to go ahead and tell them it's really happening, that my town's going for a week? So he does this video that I'm going to show you in a minute. I'm going to show it to you now. So let's put the QT Marshall and watch what he show, watch what he sends me for my week that I'm supposed to get my talent there. Well, Simon, you got that video so ready. Let's go get that QT Marshall. That, yep. that one right there. Now watch what he says. Listen to this. I'm, I'm expecting for a week on Nick Drosis. Here's what, here it goes. Hey everybody, this is QT Marshall. Well, I don't hear anything. Uh, you have you to have the, the headphones on. Okay. Yeah. I, I hear it. If you hear it, it's good. If, if they put the no, 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 no they don't want to hear a headphones. Nick, it's okay. Runs a rise podcast, and oh. this evening has Jacques Rougeau on there, and Jacques has a great project in the works. I'm excited about it. In fact, the Nightmare Factory has even uh, told Mr. Rougeau that the winners of this project will receive a special three-month, twelve-week scholarship to the Nightmare <laughs> Factory, which is seeing athletes from all over the world come train with us, and and honestly. Some have signed contracts with major wrestling organizations in the world, such as AEW and stuff like that. So um, I'm excited for this project. I think it's a great for, for aspiring professional wrestlers all throughout Canada. Um, I support it, and I hope that if all works out well, I'll be able to come up to Montreal and partake in being one of the judges of this, of this special project. So good luck to everyone. Just wanted to say hello. Just wanted to let everybody know that it is me, um, and we are offering this scholarship to the winners so uh, you can read into it, whatever you want, but you've heard it straight from the horse's mouth. It is true. And again, good luck to everyone and hopefully see you soon. We started with a day, a week, and what do you say now? Three, three months? Three months. Now, here's what you have to understand out of this. Like you said, it comes from the horse's mouth. You got to read out of this. I think we're becoming his little pet project. I think what I've done for his wrestling school around the world with all my podcasts, he wants to say thank you. And and, and now he's like three. Uh, so my girlfriend and I, we come here for Nick Joseph's podcast. And I'm sitting there and then I he, he puts the video on. And me and my girlfriend, we listen to it just before we come in. My, my face fell to the ground. I, said, I look at my girlfriend. Do you hear that? Did he say three months? <laughs> you know, three months? You know what that means? All the wrestlers that are in AEW, which I don't have a deal with AEW, but all the wrestlers that are there, they live in Atlanta, Georgia. They're, they're, so they're going to the Nightmare Factory to, to work out when they're there. So now my talent for three months are going to see the wrestlers come in. At the beginning, the first week, hey, how you doing? How you doing? The second week, is, hey, how you doing? The third month, it's like, hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? Great. You know me. And now hey, there's a relationship. A relation. And I always said in wrestling, there's two things that will make it happen for you. Like in hockey and anything else, it's not always the best player. It's who you know. Yeah. And the other thing is the right, being at the right place at the right time. Yep. So I'm seeing this these guys and girls that are going to go there, my four winners, spend three months with QT Marshall, who's going to fall in love with my talent because they're so nice. A guy like Jeremy Prophet, he, I think he's one of the greatest contenders of them all. He's very that, good. So I think he's going to be one of the four. I ho the people. Here's another thing I got to tell you. This contest is so amazing because we're going to have three judges by the ring. But out of the three judges by the ring, they're going to be voting after every match. Who do we keep and who do we let go for different disciplines like acrobatics, uh, wrestling maneuvers, uh, charisma, and all that stuff on the microphone. 
but they're only going to be voting for 40% of the votes and 60% of the votes are coming from all around the world by texto. So they're going to, people are going to decide who they want to keep and who they want to lose in this contest. You it's know, exciting. this is amazing. I'm freaking out and it's all happening for real. This Wait, dream. So of, is this going to be on, where are people going to be following it? On my platform on YouTube. Okay, everything. Okay, okay, but, nice, nice. but I got to give you a scoop yeah. and it's not a confirmed scoop. So I'm waiting, but, Three weeks ago, we met a production company in Montreal that has very, very much contacts in all the TV deals everywhere. And we had a meeting with them. And uh, and they told us at the end of the meeting, you know, we were hoping because although we're around the world on YouTube, there's I'm an old horse. I, I like to see TV. I like to sit home in my living room and watch it on TV. So we've been trying to get on TV. It's been hard. So, so they tell us after we had the meeting with them, they said, well, listen, Jacques. This project is amazing. It's really amazing. It's, it's not only provincial, it's national. You know, it's amazing. But we have to see if we could fit it in TV or so. We'll let you know if we're going forward or not. So just two days ago, we get a, a text or, or an email, and they say, uh, tomorrow we're going to go ahead and have another Zoom conference. So I'm saying... If they didn't want to go forward with this, they, they, they would have just told me. It, yeah. yeah, they just would have told me, Jacques, thank you. We we analyzed it and this and that, and, and we unfortunately we don't see something we can do. But instead, they want another meeting on. So Zoom. there's still hope. They're so still there's alive. a lot of hope, you know, and there. So so. But either way, even if they wouldn't, I'm telling you right now, and he knows it too. The internet is the place to be. It's going to make it happen. Because everyone's on the internet anyway. Yeah, I know. I, I'm probably right, but I'm an old horse, like yeah, I said. Yeah, yeah. I like to sit in my living room. And I know a lot of people that are 50, 60, 70 years old and 80 in Quebec. They like to sit in their living room and, and have it on TV. Yeah. They're not on laptops when Obviously. they're 7 and 80. So, and, and so, so this project is... So QT Marshall gave me so much credibility in this thing. And now the whole world of wrestling is watching from every country around the world are texting me, Jacques, when is this starting? It's starting in May, hopefully. But then I get this great, I, I ask the old timers like Coco Beware and the Million Dollar Man and all those goes. If you go on wrestling-academy.ca, you'll see all the old time. Jake the Snake last week, demolition yesterday. Bushwhacker Luke, yay! He's a good luck to Canadians, yay! And everybody's hoping for Canada to go through this. And then I get Brett the Hitman Hart. I'd like to show you. He's the biggest icon that ever came out of Canada, and now he's endorsing this project. So let's listen. Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart, and I want to wish all the best to Jock Rujo and his Wrestling Academy 2022. I know they got a big event coming up, a big contest, and a great opportunity for wrestlers across Canada, men and women, to train and maybe win $5,000 and ultimately get a chance to train with QT Marshall and the Nightmare Factory and maybe get a chance to maybe wrestle for AEW. But all I know is this is a great opportunity for every young wrestler. And I want to just thank Jock Russo for putting the idea together. I hope it works out really well. And may the best wrestlers win. I can bring it. May the best wrestlers win. Now that's like almost like Elvis saying, may the best singers win, you know, yeah, or Michael Jackson saying, may the best winners <laughs> dance, you know. And, and, and so for me, it's so much credibility now to my project. So so I'm on cloud nine right now, to be honest with you. I'm so excited. And, and especially after this, these these things that I had to face, like my kids quitting the business. and Because we had 75 years. I'm We have four generations of wrestlers in the family. And, and for when we got to 75 years, my dream was... When and I was so envious and jealous of the Montreal 
Montreal Canadiens when they had their hundredth, a hundredth, you know. You wanted cook, the same thing. I wanted the same thing with the Rougeau family because, you know, our family in Quebec and most of North America are icons. In my, from my great uncle Eddie Auger to my uncle Johnny Rougeau, my father Jacques, and, and then my brother Raymond and Arma, and then my sons. So it's like... For me, it's like the biggest thing. And you know what? I, I gave conference for 20 years in schools. 20 years I've been talking to the kids. Like, you know, I just stopped before COVID and uh, I had enough. When my kids quit, I went into depression. You know, it was like, so I stopped everything. But to be honest with you, I always tell the kids in school when I was giving a conference, like, hey, you listen to me, you kids out there. If you go into something and you want to study, you take it back or anything, or even younger, like in high school, you know, you want to study for, for a métier. How do you say a métier in English? Oh, any job. Or a job, a yeah. job. If you want to study for a job, you know, just remember one thing. When you punch your card from nine in the morning till five at night, if it's not your passion, the days are going to become long and the years are going to get longer. But if it's your passion like it is for me wrestling, there's no time you put all day long. The more you put, the more you have fun. So you're having fun. A lot of people, you know, I talk to wrestlers sometimes. Hey, you're working today. So I'm not working. I'm having fun, yeah. you know, because it's their passion. And someone that's passionate like I am, you know, this is not work. It's like fun. So I always tell the kids at school, if you fail on your first attempt, you go to a class and you something and you miss Take a year or two and go back again because 40 years punching your card somewhere you don't like to be, it's going to be a long life. Yeah, so course. you better give yourself a year or two to go get the ingredients you need to make it again and go live your passion. Live your passion. And you you spent so many years, let's say, in the WWF at the time when it was time to go and you said you know, it wasn't on best terms that you left. Did that have a psychological effect on you also where you're like, fuck, I spent my entire life, I was working towards this and then it ends in such a whimper. Did that jade you? Did it, you? it hurt me so bad? I, I, and you know, I'm I, I'm start explaining this to people. I don't mind doing this anymore. For and you may find this funny, but it's really me. If you want to get to know me, I always look at it this way. For the people who don't see it, that are just listening that podcast, I, I suggest that you go watch it because this visual is so important. I'm a type of person that I've grown to learn about myself. Like you have. This bar here, let's say at the, at one feet from the table there, it's normal people that are here. And let's say at the bottom, one feet lower, you have autistics or different people that are or have problems in life, different. Well, I'm about right here. I'm not autistic. I'm not, and I, but I'm not normal either. Uh, and because, I don't think anyone because, at this table is. No, no, no <laughs> but that's nice. But, but what I'm saying is like I've always had a hard time. I've learned in time to differential uh, reality and fiction sometimes. And also that I've learned about myself is like there's no gray zone with me. So, so everything is high, high, high or low, low, low. And it's like I'm so unstable, like, you know, like I'm bipolar. almost bipolar. Yeah, but, but it's like, but also that what I'm trying to explain in this message is like what you may seem is something like, oh, okay, well, it's bad news, but we'll get over it. And me, it's like, <gasps> it could destroy you. I say, it could destroy me. So, so when I was there for 10 years with Vince McMahon, you know, it was like when I, when I finished, one of the last runs I had was with the Gobekers with Carl, and we were like getting beat for 
four months around the world. We were champions, but we were getting beat, like, you know, and sometimes we lost the belt, got it back over three times. But what I'm saying is, like, our merchant value was so bad, we were getting beat by uh, by, by the middle guys. We were getting, be- getting beat. Carters were taking you guys were getting beaten us, and even in Toronto, and even in Montreal, my hometown. So, so let me ask you, what's the point of that? What's so, the point so, of doing so, that? So let me get, so you will get to that. So here's me going with Carl Willette, night after night, getting beat by, excuse my expression, some of them are jobbers, yeah, you know, like job extras, learners. you know, job guys. And we're like, it's hard on our morale because I find it so hard. And But through this four-month run that we're getting beat, Vince keeps telling me, Jacques, don't worry, because when we get at WrestleMania 10, you guys are wrestling the moms, the men on a mission, two big guys, 600 and 640 pounds, they, and, 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 and you guys are going to beat them with your finishing move that you do off the top there, the tower that we used to do. And I'm going like, okay, so he says, don't worry. He says, keep doing the jobs, make everybody look good, and when we get there at WrestleMania, all your value, your merchant value is going to come right back up when you beat the moms in front of... So many millions of people. See, if I beat a mom, my value so, goes straight down. So, <laughs> so an hour before the match, Pat Patterson comes to see me in the dressing room. He says, Jacques, he says, uh, listen, he says, uh, we have to make a little change. So I'm looking at him like, uh-oh, I didn't like that. So then he says, listen, he says, you guys are going to win the match anyway, but we're going to do it by disqualification, like no merit. But why? So I'm looking at him and I'm saying... That's not the deal. You beat me everywhere in the world for four months. You tell me I'm going to get my credibility back tonight, and you're telling me now that it's not going to happen that way? I looked at Pat. It took me two seconds because I'm a very integrity. I don't know how to say it. You have integrity. Integrity. Yeah. So I told Pat, I said, listen, that wasn't the deal. And, and it's been 10 years I'm with them now. You know, I gave my dues. I planted my dues with them. So I said to him, I said, okay. I said, I need to talk to Vince right now. So Pat said, okay. So he thought I was going to walk out and not do the show, but that's not what I did at all. I went to see Vince. We sat in a room like you and me face to face. I said, Vince, I said, would you do me the favor of just taking your booking book out, you know, to the shows coming up to whatever you got me booked. So he had me booked for another month all the way to Tel Aviv and, and uh, Jerusalem. And so I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to finish your date up to there. I said, now you don't have anything left in the book here. I said, okay, I'm finishing there. You could beat me every night before I leave. It'd be my pleasure to put everybody over, but that's the end with me. But he had no idea. He said, okay, like I'm just a number, like, okay, this, this. But inside of me, he had just destroyed me bad, so bad. And this hatred that I got for him after that was was unbearable because, like I said, I'm not a normal person. Everything seems so big to me. So so, so I got a, this hatred towards the business. I got this hatred towards everything. That's why I turned the TV off for 30 years. I didn't watch wrestling because every time I'd watch wrestling and I'd hear WWF or WWF, I'd get this scar that would come and hurt me. So that's why I did it. And you have you ever reached out? No, I, I and as a matter of fact, he reached out to me two, three times. He wanted me to go to Calgary one time and be at a certain point about fifteen years ago. I think they oh, had wow. something like a president of one night or something like that. They had talent that were coming in or a Booker one night or I can't remember how it was called. And I told him no, my scar was too big because he had ruined my my trust for one, and and he just ruined me. He just ruined me. People don't know how much it hurt me. So I started my own federation. When I came back after that, I started my my family shows. And the amazing thing about it, you can't stop passion and you can't stop Arugio. So I start selling out my shows everywhere in Quebec. 5,000 people Valdao, 5,000 people Shigurimi. And I'm with my three sons. I was living another oh, dream. The so there was life after Vince McMahon. And a lot of the guys' talent, they don't realize that. They think that if they finish with Vince, life is over. It's finished. It's not like that. But now that you've 
I mean, he's done his stuff. Obviously, you've done your things. Do you think that now there would be an opening for you guys to work together again, especially considering that you'd be good <clears throat> for them in the sense that you have this academy, you have at your disposal some top talent that you could train here, you can also help him train his guys. Do you think now if he would come back, there would be an opening? I, I, I'd be open to sit down with him, you know. It's and, crazy what time does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be open to sit down and talk with him. And, and I think I let him know through Jimmy Hart and a couple of guys that, hey, you know, Vince wants to talk, I'll talk now. In the last year or so, uh, since COVID and stuff You've like that. You've been open to that. I've been open to that. But I, I but he's worse than me, I think. Like stubborn? <laughs> he, doesn't want to, he doesn't want to talk to me. People told me he doesn't want to talk to me. So so it's okay. Uh, that's why it's the great thing about AEW now and, and, and the Nightmare Factory is I'm not looking for AEW. I'm not looking for WWF. And as a matter of fact, right now, I think that the owners of the Nightmare Factory, one is Cody Rhodes and one is... Uh, uh, oh, I didn't know Cody Rhodes uh, owned the Nightmare Factory. Yeah, and Glacier, I think. There's another guy. There's three guys in that with QT Marshall. But I think one's going to WWF now. Well, you know, I think Cody Rhodes is going to go back to So w he's switching. But it's his school. Yeah. So the four winners of my... Uh, wrestling academy they're going to have two organizations that they'll be it won't be a Jacques Rougeau thing anymore it'll be like from the nightmare factory yeah yeah exactly. so, so, it's amazing so the two doors are going to be open for all the talent but is that confirmed you might know Jerry because you're in in the mix uh, last I heard was that Cody Rhodes uh, was planning on going back to WWE? Well, it's all rumors and speculation. Until right we now. know for we're, sure. We're yeah. not the ones in there for the contract negotiations and what are going on. So uh, we can only speculate, but it's it's looking like that's what's going to happen. Which is surprising to me. This is why I'm telling you the door is never closed, let's say, with you and Vince, because that was a door that I assumed the way AEW happened and the first AEW pay per view where he, uh, he did that ceremony where he took a sledgehammer to that chair, kind of. A fuck you to Triple H, all that stuff. I thought there's no way. So Triple H is not there anymore. He he's supposed to be though. I, that's what shocks me about the the Rhodes thing. But that's why I'm telling you again. I feel like in wrestling, unless it's something crazy, unless it's a rape, but all the other stuff, I feel like with time it could heal and the doors reopen. I've noticed that Vince does. It, that's why Ultimate Warrior shocked me. I knew the history. I knew how uh, Ultimate Warrior blackmailed him at a pay per view. Did all that, yeah, at a pay per view. Well, all know. that stuff. I didn't know that. So I was shocked to see when they took him back and he and he went in the Hall of Fame. I feel like Vince McMahon. He's very aggressive. You know, he has his, his character. But there's always, especially with time, there's always that door that opens. Like business comes first. Well, the door is open with me. I don't mind. But to be honest with you, I'm not looking forward to it. Well, no, now uh, you're doing so much. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm doing so much for, for local and for like the Canadians. And, you know, I don't want to be implicated in these. I feel like these big organizations are that one anyway, the WWF is. It's so, you know, it's so mean. It's like Raymond and I, you know, for four years we were busting our our chops for, I was looking for the word there, busting for, for our chops for him. And, and, and they kept telling us, you, you guys are going to win the title. So they did a, you know, they talk about the screw job in Montreal with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. That wasn't the, the real screw job in Quebec. The real screw job in Quebec was that Raymond and I, we beat the Hart Foundation here for the titles in front of 18 or 20,000 people. And 5,000 people came out to my car, banging on my car. And my ex-wife at the time, she was like, oh my God. I said, don't worry, honey, they're happy. It's like winning a Stanley Cup. <laughs> and, 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 but three days later in the Montreal newspaper, they put an ad out because the wrong guy was in the ring. They, so, so, so when everybody, maybe like says, let's say there's 100,000 people that saw the ad in the paper. There, there's 7.2 million people that didn't see that on the paper and they saw us win or they heard that we won the title. So when they got on Saturday to watch the TV show to see the Rougeos representing the world from Quebec, the hearts came out with the belts and they never even acknowledged that we beat them. Wait, why? Though? So that was a screw job. And then I heard down the road as I spoke with a couple of guys like that, 
Well, they just wanted to give a candy to a baby, you know, and, and that. Well, why didn't they at least they, work they, it into they, the storyline? Make something. I don't know. And we were great, great, great talent, and we we're great performers for him. There was no reasons for that. But I heard down the road when I tell this story that they did the same thing to, to Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty in Texas. Yeah, you, you were aware yeah, of that. that what thing? happened there? There was the same kind of thing where they won the belts on a non-televised event, and it was just to kind of please the local crowd to make them happy. And oh, they won the belts. It was great. And then they never acknowledged it on TV. It just went back to business as usual. Uh, I, I kind of think they do that just in hopes of building up the, the the live attendance. So the people are happy. They saw the title change. They think these guys are champions. They come out with some kind of a story. Like in your case, it was a story that the wrong guy was pinned, so we had to reverse it. So the people are mad. There's heat. And then more people come the next time, and they can sell the rematch. I, I think that's. The I didn't think it worked like that here in Montreal because the people were so pissed off because of the way they were treated. Because they were all waiting all week talking about, hey, let's see the Rougeaux, and then and the Hearts came out and they're talking about another team or something, and they're, they're going to defend their titles. It was an insult to the intelligence of people. And, and and why was I bringing that to you? I think I was going with something with Raymond. And I said, yeah. So Raymond and I, after that thing that they did in Montreal, it, it, it hurt me bad. You know, like I said, I'm not normal. So it hurt me bad. And, no, but know, that is normal. That so, would have hurt me too. So, 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 so we're going and we're fighting again to get into the position. You know, we even turn heel. You know, we turn heel uh, with the American flags and Jimmy Hart moved yeah. to Memphis, supposedly played the angle and that. And now we're working our way to the titles. And, and and after another two years that we're work, working with everybody, uh, here comes a new team out of nowhere, Harn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And they came right in front of us for one week in the business with WWF, and boom, they took the titles. And it was like, that's what cracked my brother Raymond. He said, that's it. That's it. You know, I had enough, and I'm out. And then I, I was pissed off too. So that's when I left and, and for a year, and then came back as a Mountie. But all these things, I think that uh, a word that you hear a lot in the re in the wrestling world is like whores. You know, we're like whores. You know, and excuse my language, I don't want to be prejudiced, but it's like they, they pay us and they, they, they do what you have to do and, and they don't care about feelings. They don't care about human being, the human side of us. And it's like, uh, and, and I can't deal with that anymore. I don't want to deal with that anymore. So, so this project now that I'm going... But to understand, so people get it, you're... You, the problem that you're, you're talking about is not a matter of losing, putting people over. That's normal. That's part of the business. No. It's the lies Promises. and the psychological warfare. Because I'm with you. It's, it's, it's not an actor complaining, I don't want to be a bad guy. It's different. It's, it's an actor being told, you're, you're filming this movie at this date, and then... It just disappears, and they don't tell you. Like, actually, you're not. Or, or it's just you're like, filming this movie. How you don't have a great position, but watch my next movie. I got a great position yeah, for you. So he does that filming, warfare. and then next next film, he's not even in it. You yeah. know, and I say so. That's where, where 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 I got tired of that, and I just don't want to deal with that anymore. Does that still happen? Or because of, of HR now and because everything's so open, are they... Oh, I think it definitely happens. Even even at the independent level, it happens, where there'll be all kinds of false promises that'll be made. It's uh, it's kind of like dangling the carrot in front of the horse to, to make it run, you know? It, yeah, yeah. It, it, you, as long as you keep it running, it'll never get that carrot, but it'll run as fast as it can in hopes that it's going to get it. It's it's the same kind of thing, the, the mind games, whether it's Vince or there's, independent. There's also, I'm thinking of that, Jeremy, when you think there's, there's also the guys that know what kind of business we're in. It's a doggy dog world, you know, and a bunch of lies and things, but there's a few guys that are that are authentic, like me, and like my brother, and like Rick Martel, and like, you know, a lot of guys, I'm thinking the, the guys that are authentic, they go there, they give their body for 25 days a month in airplanes, like across the world, and see your kids four days per month at home, 
losing your luggage, uh, delayed flights, fighting to get a workout just so you look good for Vince and uh, going to the tanning salon to look good for Vince and to do it all for the business. And when you give so much of your life to the business and, and excuse my language, it shits on you. It's, it's like it's, some people could take that. Some people, the boys, they know it's like that. They get used to it. I don't. I'm an authentic guy. I, I, my word is my, is my life. My, my father gave me some values in life, which are respect, your word, and that brought him so far. He's a Nikon, my dad. You know, when people talk about my dad everywhere, oh, he's such a gentleman, he's such a nice guy, and he's such a man of his word. And I wasn't in the right business for that. Yeah, you were in the wrong. What, do you think that AEW has a different culture? I don't know AEW. Like I said, I don't watch wrestling. Yeah. I just know QT Marshall's got a word because he's just a putting higher and higher things for me. So I know he's a man of his word. And, you know, things that are going to happen, there's going to be so many haters. There's so many haters. You know, I'm talking... Oh, that, and, that's and, in everything. And talk about haters, you know. Uh, I don't I don't have anything against haters. I, I just feel like haters are, are people that see you and they want to be like you. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not their fault. Well, there's But, a lot of that. There's a lot of, why is he doing that thing? Why can't I do it? Fuck him. There's a lot of that mentality. But to be honest with you, I don't know anything about AW. I just know one thing that my four talent are going to go to the QT Marshall Wrestling School, the Nightmare Factory, and they're going to be seen by all these great leagues, the two big leagues. Even, even the other leagues that uh, I don't know of, there's a couple of other good leagues in the States there. Jeremy, what yep. are the Ring of leagues? Honor, that kind of stuff? Well, Ring of Honor is kind of getting back on their feet, but there's Impact that's also doing good business. Um, WWE will always be a thing. Yeah. So, so you have four big, and I'm sure these smaller organizations than AEW and WWE, those Impact and those guys, Ring of Honor, they're keeping an eye on the school of QT Marshall to see the talent that's there. So, so for me now, it's the greatest thing because everything that we will live for the next three, four, five, six months now, and that we've lived in the last eight months is real. And my word is there. I gave my word. And some people like Brett and other wrestlers that gave me credibility. And QT Marshall that's given me so much credibility. I'm showing the world of wrestling that you could be honest. And you could be fair in this business. You know? And, and still make so, it. So the guys that are right now on the roster that are, if you go see on wrestling-academy.ca, you'll go see all the talent. You click on there, 30 seconds. I have them do a promo verbally. And I also have the best moves in the ring. And these that, guys are this, all guys that wrestle in uh, different federations Columbia, around yeah, yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah. All the federations around Canada. And, and now these talent for six months now have been training. I've been training hard. And I even had at one point, this is amazing. You'll see how, how much it's important to me, my word. I had one TV station that approached us and said, Jacques, 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 we can't use 40 talents, you know, for a reality show. We could only use 20. I said, well, thank you very much. I'm not interested. Now, yeah. I left my TV show go because I promised my guys that for the last eight months I've been working out. Like Jeremy's You all have examples. Example. I'm not going to cut half yeah, the roster. Yeah, but they've yeah. been giving to me. They've yeah. been giving their time, their efforts to, to something that I told them. So even if someone gives me something better, more financial money, or so, I'm not going to take it because I'm going to keep my 42 that I promised it'll be there. I made them dream for eight months and I'm going to make their dreams come through because the reality of the thing is there's four winners, but out of the 42, they're all 42 winners because the last four, eight months, QT Marshall's been checking all my videos and everybody around the world been showing every podcast I do, go see the wrestling-academy.ca. So, so they're getting exposure everywhere. Something amazing is happening too. I got to tell you this. Uh, I have so many connections over the years in newspapers and stuff like that, that all my talent, and Jeremy will tell you, all my talent, I told him, hey, 
go to your local paper and tell them there's a national contest going on and go get some exposure. So yeah. a lot of them went to knock and they got turned around. So I went behind them. And now Jeremy keeps saying, because we tag everybody every time to show them, hey, I got this guy, Yane Harrison from St. Sophie here. He's got four interviews this week with St. Jerome. You know, Let's and, go. Uh, yeah, stuff's happening. And then happening. I got uh, Catherine Van Gogh there from, from St. Jean City. She had a full page this weekend. And then, and there's Essex. They're going to have one in the Courrier du Sud, St. Hyacinthe. And there's a guy, Michael Chouinard, uh, in, in Rivière du Loup, who he was before, he was faster than me. I was going to call, and he already had newspaper ads because he listened to them. Jeremy did it with it. He's doing podcasts. He's doing so. Now all these guys and girls are living a dream. They're sitting at home and in their mailbox they get the paper and there's a full page of them you know so they're living the dream of becoming a superstar and so so all these people that have been watched and looked at for the last eight months by the world they won because now a promoter in vancouver is going to see has an organization there that didn't even know they had an organization in jcw jcw there what's it called in jean pierre uh, jean pierre or or, or 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 one of the best ones here in the surrounding is uh eric we fml like uh, it's amazing he has two three kinds of wrestling he's got wrestling school and everything so so all these so let's say the guy in vancouver promoter didn't know that that existed so he goes on my website he checks the video for three he said wow that'd be a good draw against my main event so then he, he calls me jacques who's that guy can i get in touch with So, so they're all winners. The 42 that are going to be on my show, I've already won. Yeah. But now the four winners will have an exclusivity, a better better chance of becoming. Uh, are they going to go head-to-head while they're competing? Are we going to see like Jeremy face one of those other guys? Absolutely. You'll probably be end up seeing Jeremy against Jordy Taylor or Chris Dillon in Halifax or a bunch of guys. Good. And I think it because the talent's good, the cream's going to come to the... What they say, the cream always rises, rises yeah. to the top. And, and, and so, so I think that all the great talent from week to week... They're going to disappear because the first 40 wrestlers that meet, then after five shows, there's 20 that are gone because we're eliminating four per show. So then, but the four that have stayed in the eliminations are good talent. And then at the end, it's going to get 10. And then it's going to be, it's going to get really where at the end, people are going to have a hard time to choose. But all that time that's going to be happening, people are going to have so much fun and voting for them themselves, you know, and, and all the promoters around the world will be checking this out. So I think this is the, the greatest opportunity for Canadian wrestlers to get to know each other between talent, between organizations, and to have the doors open to go to the States. Because no, they're not going to get their working papers when they go three months there. However, I remember when Raymond and I, we didn't have our working papers. And when Vince McMahon, he said, hey, I want the Rougeau brothers. He says, we just got to bring him in, you know, show him on TV once and show the American people that these guys are as good as us or even better. That's why we could get the papers. Yeah. So, so it's only to put the foot in. But once they get there, and if QT Marshall says, hey... Jessica Black, you know, I like you. I can make a star out of you. Then they're going to start working on getting the papers. Or if it's Jeremy Prophet, or, or if it's Sissy Gavalais, or if it's Jordy Taylor, or Chris, all the guys, Chad Daniels from, from the, there's so many good talent. When, if you have fun now, I'm going to tell you now, Pantelis, go, yeah, I looked at your name because I didn't want to forget it. <laughs> Just in case the camera caught it. But, but anyway, I, wa I want you to go on my website, wrestling-academy.ca, one night that you have 30 minutes not to do nothing. Okay. And go examine the talent, 
and go examine the words also of the the old timers like Colonel Parker and you know even George Saint Pierre MMA is giving me a good word in there and you'll see. Uh, Are you going to have any uh, jobbers get beat up so that we could show nope. the talk? Because if you want, I could give you Poseidon. Yeah, he yeah, could yeah, take yeah. a he could take a chair shot. He could go through it. There table. won't be any chairs in my competition. <laughs> there won't be. But you know what? There's a, the the bottom line is there's another thing that people shouldn't realize, and yeah. I don't mind putting an open book into this too. We're going to get in the morning and we're going to flip a coin to who's winning and who's losing. It's going to be done in front of the two participants or if it's a tag team in the four, we're going to flip a coin. But this is how it's going to work. Hold if on. You, are, you, are you trying to tell me yeah. that professional wrestling is determined? Uh, I hate the petita balloon there, but it's... Listen. But here's the deal what I want everybody to know, yeah. which is amazing. This is an amazing thing that we thought of too. It's like we're going to take... The talent. And let's say Jeremy flips the coin with uh, Chad Daniels and, and Jeremy's the winner of this match. Well, I'm telling you right now, Jeremy's going to have about only 40% of the match where he looks good. I'm going to give 60% of the match to the loser. So to I don't make so sure merchant yeah, value. Out, so make yeah. sure that people have, because as soon as you win, they're going to say, oh, he's going next. But if he won and the guy that was there 60% shining and doing all these things, maybe people vote like, hey, he lost, but I like him better yeah. because I had chance to make his value, his merchant value go up. That's it's, huge. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's going to be an honest, fair competition where talent will raise to the top and it's going to be an equal. And you know, I have coaches. When you go on my wrestling-academy.ca, you'll see there's a, a segment of coaches. I got four great coaches on there i got sexy eddie i don't know if you ever heard of sexy eddie he's told me about him numerous times so much talent that guy and then i got uh andy allison uh, there, there they are i got anthony tane i got gf Lejuk, and i got those just those four guys i have a hundred years Martin of experience the Crowville nerve. Uh, yeah and i got a this guy was with me for 20 years and he, he was trained by edward carpanti so it just goes to say that these guys here that'll be coaches are going to uh, help. Is he in full costume when he coaches people? No, no, no. But he's going to be backstage. <laughs> he should, and, be. And, he and, should and, be. Yeah. And these four, these four guys are going to come help the guys in Indies put their matches together. They're going to shine the car, wash it really nice. But then I'm coming in with the wax. I'm going to come in and check what they all put together, and then I'm going to supervise everything, and then I may just put a little wax on it, say, no, we're going to take that out, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I want to make sure that everybody looks good in this competition. Can I convince you to have a ladder match? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to look at him. He's the kind old, of the only ladder match we're going to have is the guys are going to go up the ladder with me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> is it too? Do you find that uh, some of the risks taken today are too much? Stuff that you wouldn't do back in the day. Well, I can't tell you. I don't watch wrestling. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, you, know, you don't. Want, yeah. I don't watch. I'm ignorant. But anyway, because they do some crazy uh, shit sometimes. Uh, but uh, you know, I for the few indies that I went to see in the last eight months, I'll tell you, I, I had some guys that fight beside me. You know, I, it's so funny. I had one guy who was fighting with the other one, and he knew I was there, so he came up to me. I swear to God, he was on the floor. He came up to me. He says, "You want to hit me, Jacques? Want to hit me?" He said that. <laughs> I said, "No, <laughs> like you know, I'm here to recruit. I'm not here to join." But that was. That was one of the funniest things that I lived out of all the indies. You know, they wanted me to participate. So, of course, yeah. So all this to say that it's going to be a clean wrestling event where the moves, the tactics, the uh, ability in the ring, the microphone, the charisma. And how are you going to work the mic skills in? Uh, 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 well, how are you going to create a promo before and after the match? Ah, okay, you know, okay. And, and they're going to be seen worldwide. And but I know a lot of people ask me, they say, Jacques, you, you always talk about, you know, it's going to depend on charisma. What's charisma? And I'll tell Let's you what, what I'll tell you what charisma is. I walk in a sports bar and I see wrestling on TV and I walk in front, I look and I keep walking. Or I walk, I step and then I watch. 
Yeah, what because is that? something caught me, something that was different than what I know, something better than me, something that's really attaching. That's charisma. If you could grab the the people, attention, the people's yeah. attention, and you could keep it there, either on a microphone, either on an interview, or that's charisma. or the way you wrestle, or the way you wrestle, that's charisma for me. The way you act in the ring, you know, you could do. I know one thing: they do thousands of moves in a match. Well, for me, less is more. Every move that they're going to make, you have to make it mean something. They have the guy that's, you don't want the guy to give a drop kick that, that, that stands up and the other guy's already up on his feet before you. You're the one who did the move to him. Yeah. So everything's got to be mean. You should take that hit. Everybody sell it and bit. sell it and show the people you're hurting and show the people you're having a hard time. And going back to the same moves, if you're working an arm in a match, we'll, we'll work the arm and, and weaken him with. If you work on a guy's legs, weaken him legs. At the end, he's stronger than you, but he has no more legs because you kept going on his legs. I'm going to put some psychology behind the matches where, where people are going to go back to the old time wrestling where they're going, to, they're going to say hey we all know it's fake but that's real though <laughs> you know it's like there's always the, the septics you know did, uh, uh, go ahead I'm did sorry. you have in, in your day did you have any guys that if there was personal problems behind the scenes they would work stiff and they would make it harder on you when you're in the ring you know what I'm going to go yes they did and in the ring too I've, I've had a few encounters because I got to tell you something else about me because what people if people don't understand this is if you work in a match your opponent is technically your partner exactly. so if you have an asshole who's willing, because of his attitude, to risk your safety, that's dangerous for everyone involved in, in the you, ring. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. I forgot a part, but I'll, I remember one part I wanted yeah. to tell you. If you look at, uh, I'll just give you an example. Not long ago, in my competition here, I joined some people different places, and one guy told me, he says, "Jacques, I don't get along with that guy," and I said, "So." Are you working for you or are you working for the competition? So I said, who's the guy? So he tells me the guy. So I call the other guy up. I say, there's a problem between you, a friction. With this. Can we work that out? I put him on the spot. And he says, for the business, yes, I'll do it. So the guys are talking now to each other. They become friends again because I wanted them to look further than their nose. You know, and when you work in the ring and you have a guy that you give him your body, and, and you know he doesn't like you, it makes it difficult sometimes. You know, yeah. it makes it difficult because when he, let's say he hurts you in the ring, unintentionally, but there's always a doubt in your mind. Like, did he do it on purpose or he didn't do it on purpose? So it's so important that harmony is going to be existing in this thing. And, 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 uh, and, and yes, there's so many times in the younger days people don't know that. Well, I, maybe it still exists again today. I don't think so. But, you know, I, 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 a guy would, would hit me hard, you know, and, and it's okay. And the guy says he's sorry. But then he hits me twice hard in the same match and three times. And then finally there comes a stand where you have to stand up for yourself. I didn't have the balls for that. Oh, really? I didn't. I was an artiste. I'm not a fighter. I'm not yeah. a I'm an artiste. So when I got in the ring, sometimes I had a couple of times, my brother Raymond wrestled with the guy and he stiffened him up a little bit for me because Raymond's a really tough guy. He's a really tough guy. He's a fighter. And like my dad, but me... That part must have went down my mother's leg. <laughs> you enjoy the pageantry more than the I am. Yeah. I'm an artiste. I'm having fun. And if the wrestling would have been, if if I would have known wrestling was like that, I never would have got into wrestling because for me it was entertainment, like a movie. Yeah. So 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 I lacked of that during my career of fight of giving a receipt. We call it giving a receipt. Yeah, to giving a, guy. a receipt. Yeah. And, and you know I never did that in life. And instead I just kept it to myself. And I'm saying, oh, I hate working that guy. And it was like a, some kind of bullying intimidation that I that I had to live with, you know. But 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 I wish I would have. Sometimes done it different, but then again, much more. I wish, like in my competition, like it never exists. 
I don't stand for bullying. And you know, I'm just talking about this now. Uh, just uh, last week, I was a spokesman for a, a Pink Day shirt, you know, in Montreal. Okay. I, I was spokesman. I was on CJ. Because you're not for on, bullying. I, I'm against bullying because. Would of, you like? I'm willing to offer my services for free and my time. I could come in and I can start bullying the wrestlers just to get them used to it. I'd, and toughen them up. I appreciate your help, <laughs> but I'd rather go without it. You know, <laughs> like Jacques, what are you doing? Why is this guy bullying me? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting into this conversation, but I'll tell you one thing. I've, I, I, I went through a trauma with the British Bulldogs. Really? You know, yes, a bad. And you'll just have to go see Dark Side of the Ring. Go see the the third season with Tom Billington, one of the British Bulldogs. You'll understand what happened. I'm not getting into this. He story. bullied you. He beat me up in the dressing room really bad for personal reasons that I had no. I wasn't responsible for he was just worried that we'd go up or something and and i did nothing to him he beat me up bad and i almost quit the business on that and uh and a week later i had to do a comeback something that i it was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life and i did a comeback on him for the first time in my career i went and got a roll of quarters and i did what i had to do but my father told me to do it i didn't have the guts to do it but because i love my dad so much and the reputation of visual you beat up a british immigrant i i I stopped his career i finished his career you know his career finished with me but it was it took so much that's what happens Fucking but act like go, a piece of shit. But if you go see Dark Side of the Ring, the third season, Tom Billington, you're gonna freak out when I you like see I like Dark what Side happened. of the Ring. Yeah, but I didn't. I, I I didn't watch it until I was on there. You know, and then that's I how like, I learned that Shawn Michaels was a real piece of garbage. But because when Bret Hart told him, "Look, we don't get along," but I just so you know, I'm gonna keep you safe in the ring, yeah. and he says, "I'm not gonna do the same for you." I was like that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, co- co- personality conflicts in there. But what I wanted to say is, after that happened to me. It was a bad thing, the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. Once you see the, you'll see the episode. When you'll yeah, see somebody just assaults thing, you. But, here, but listen to this. Something great came out of there. Because when I left the WWF, I started for 20 years. I went to every school in the province of Quebec teaching the kids how to avoid bullying without using violence, how to get rid of bullying. And I did that well, for 20 years. Well, you used the roll years. of quarters, sir, so you should have told I, them the full I, truth. I, I <laughs> couldn't tell that in school. I couldn't tell that in school. Look, you want to stop so bullying? I found, <laughs> so I found a way different. How by everybody working together, and I swear there was not one school that didn't call me in the province of Quebec to go do a conference in front of six, seven hundred people. And now I was just asked for the for a Canadian thing, the pink shirt date to be spokesman for them. So 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 all this, all these schools I did and everything, if I wouldn't have got beat up and bullied, I never could have helped the, the people today. Because you know, everybody that helps in different eras today for for good things there are always people that are sick that got hurt or that got hit by us by a certain thing in life that made them want to help other people and i remember when i first started my conferences people were saying the haters especially were saying oh rujo's trying to look good now he's trying to make himself look good to help the that wasn't it at all i wasn't going in to help the kids I was going to him for therapy for me. Every time I go into a class and seven hundred people, and I talk about bullying, and I'd I'd manage to help kids fight bullying without violence. I'd go home, and I felt better about myself. It was like therapy for me. <laughs> you know, you I were was getting it all I out wasn't there. doing it for the kids. I'm my first one to tell you. I was doing it for me. And then eventually, I grew into that, and I started liking it. But the truth is, it was to save my soul that I did that because I was hurt so mad, a traumatist that did, hurt me bad. Did that make you feel after it happened, did it make you look at wrestling as a whole differently? 
Absolutely. And really? uh, absolutely. And that's why I created my, my company for 20 years, the family oriented shows. And that's why I'm doing this thing today for Canadian wrestlers. If there's, I feel one little animosity, I'm putting a stop where Vince McMahon, the bulldogs were ribbing the guys. They were hurting. So this was careers. happening a lot. Oh my God. And they were, they were killing. Com- they, listen, the honky tonk man was crying on the floor one time because they were, he was being bullied by the bulldogs. Another, that's kind of funny. Another time, Outback Jack, a guy from Australia, he comes, he's got a crocodile on his back there, you know, a gimmick like Crocodile yeah. Dundee. He comes in with his new gimmick. It's a dream of a lifetime to go to WWF. So he gets there. He's about one month there. And finally, the Bulldogs, they see him. He's vulnerable. He has no friends. Says, hey, mate, you want to come with us to the bar tonight? So so they got to the bar and they start putting Alcyons into his drink. Like uh, GHB. Uh, or something to make him pass out. And and so they, so he passed out. And, they, and and when he passed out, they, they took out a razor and they shaved all his blonde hair that he had his gimmick, his character. Oh. And then they brought him to the airport where Vince, Hulk, and everybody was there. And he was puking on the way, and he got fired. So, so, so those and, and, and those are the jokes that the bulldogs are playing. So that's not a joke. You got no, to get fired. <laughs> so when they did it to me, I stood up for myself and I did it. But it was the hardest thing in my life. All this to say that the, that when you watch the documentary, the Dark Side of the Ring, the third season with Tom Billinger, you yeah, it's gonna, on HBO uh, Max. See, it's on uh, Crave see, TV in you're Canada. You're gonna see yeah. how much nuts and how much I. You know, people talk to me and when when I refer to the WWF in my days. Because I wasn't on steroids, and we never took steroids, and we never went in nightclubs, Raymond and I, or by myself with Jimmy Hart, we always did the right thing for the business. We had a lot of heat, you know, because we were a bad example. You were we're straight edge. We're always arriving on time. You yeah. know, we're always, we're always good. But all that to say, I can't remember what I was going to tell you. That's like me as a comedian. A lot of comedians are always late. They're fucking around. I'm always on time. Are I'm you always comedian? sober. Yeah. You're you don't not, know it was a comedian, you're John. Not, you're you thought not, I just did this. You're not funny at all. I know. It's but, a, but I, he, I didn't know you were He told comedian. me to be professional. <laughs> he told me to be professional. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You have to invite me to one of your shows. Oh, you're going to come I'll for sure. for the ticket. Oh, no, no. I'm going to get you, Jack. Yeah, I'd like to. I'm not going to let you pay for tickets. You're going to come enjoy the show. Yeah. The only thing I want you to reserve is dark humor. It's dark humor. What do you mean, dark humor? Like uh, it's dark. It's gallows humor. Like for example, you know Mike Ward, my my yeah, one yeah, of yeah. best friends. Yeah, yeah. It's like him. It's dark humor. It's, oh, so it's vulgar and it's like. It's rough. not too vulgar. Like I don't do any. Uh, there's no. Vul- there's no Jeremy's in there. Like we have Jeremy no, here, no, no. but there's no Jeremy's oh, in I'll your talk show. Talk about Jeremy, my show. <laughs> but I like that. You see, he knows. But it's not vulgar. It's just dark. It goes into dark places. But not. It's not like we're Yeah. Okay. I'm just letting you know. But, but as long as you don't talk about me, if it goes in dark places, oh, I just want to no. be a. Uh, they're a spectator. No. You know? <laughs> I, I don't attack the crowd. Okay, that's good. I want everyone to have a good time. That's it's good. just I go into and areas. How do people feel about that when you go in those dark areas? Well, my fans know it, so it's easier. Okay. But like last night, we hadn't been on stage in a while because everything was closed. So I went on to practice some new stuff. And the first two minutes, it, there was people. Did, it was a little shocking, but then you know you get them back in. They're like, "Oh, this guy's starting really hard." <laughs> but it's, it's all. It's, I'll it's go. Like, I'll go check you out. But it's like wrestling. It's that dance that you're doing. You know, okay. it's that story you're trying to tell. So yeah. I like. That. I, I think you'll enjoy it though. Okay. Yeah, if you're, but I saw you did like uh, my buddy Gerard Alain's podcast. Yeah. You know Gerard. Yeah. So Gerard, same thing. Gerard goes into places that he wants to. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gerard's, well, Gerard's a good comedian. He's but funny. people like that, you know. The people, pe- like, you need that. Yeah. You need yeah. to escape a bit. You need to talk you about just, serious things and joke y- about. You it. know, you remind me of the Grand Gueule. You know, Mario Tessy in French, the Grand mm-hmm. Gueule, and uh, they had the biggest radio show in French for many, many years. And one morning, uh, or one noon, I go into Wendy's in Rapantzini, and uh, this guy comes up to me and he says, uh, "So, so he goes, uh, Jacques." He says. Uh, do you listen to the radio? And I say, yeah, I listen to the radio. He says, but do you listen to the Grand Girl? I said, no, who are they? Like, you know, he says, well, you better. 
So then I look at them, okay. So then, so then I start listening to them, and and after like a, a little bit, I go in a restaurant, and people would bang the table, bang, and they'd say pardon, you know. And so they made a character out of me, you know. And they made a funny character, yeah, they were and, fun. and they kept telling them I was poor and all that. They were cutting me down in the character. Did you go but see them with a the roll of quarters? But hold on, hold on to this. Every time people come up to me, I'd laugh my ass off. Yeah, I say that's so funny, and and the fact that I was laughing at people were laughing more about it. So so, and there's a, an expression in French that says. Si tu veux pas analyser, tu veux pas grand chose. Yeah. You know, if you can't laugh about yourself, then then, then you're not worth much. Yeah, yeah you no, know? you have to. And, and, and I had that quality, thank God. So everybody was laughing at me, and every time I'd do a talk show or a radio show or a TV show, I'd start talking about me being laughed at. And people thought it was funny that I would laugh at my own self. But it was amazing. But you was, have, if you're going to cry and, about it, no one's going to think you're serious. Years, for seven years, every Friday... They'd put me on primetime radio, the biggest <laughs> radio, and they'd laugh at me. But but now what happened with us is all the adolescents, the teenagers, they all know me now. Because, not wrestling, but because of Les Grandes Gueules. Because I used to sell tickets for my own shows. You know, my yeah, family yeah, show yeah. at the beginning was hard. But I'd go knock at every company and sell my tickets. So they would go like this, like... Hey, salut, c'est Jean Crochou Luther. Tiens, let him And then the guy would say, I don't want any. Take him anyway. Take him anyway, the tickets. <laughs> you know, like no, throw, it's a good like character, throw him yeah. out or something. You know, do what you want with him. But it became so contagious for, for, for the people. And they, they, I uh, remember the commercials. I remember on Saturday there was commercial. I think CTV used to run a lot about Jacques Rougeau and you used to do the shows. I remember your, uh, when I was younger in high school, I remember that it was a thing that you were here and you were doing stuff. I remember that. That's how I discovered the school, actually. From Saturday? Was, yeah, CTV? Yeah, through the commercials. Right at the same time when the wrestling would air around noon exactly that's, i thought it was the only school around that's why i ended up going to that one what surprised me is i didn't even know until i would see that stuff that there was a school or you know in your head you yeah. don't know how do people become wrestlers it, it was you know, i gotta videos. say something about jeremy uh, he, he he you know we learn every day he's my student now he ta he teaches me things and you know i was the other day he, he was doing a promo i saw him i, I actually uh, he had tugboat on a podcast with him you know okay. tugboat yeah. and he had him and and, and and he said something that really freaked me out he says you know what he says i'm the kind of guy that he says i'm ready yesterday like you know things are going to happen in life i don't wait till things happen then i start getting ready for them he says i'm ready before they happen You know, he's, I'm always on top of my game, and he's such a professional. And yeah. That's why I think he's going to make it to the top, because he's always thinking business first. No matter every day of his life, he works out, he trains, he looks good, he's good in the ring, he practices, and there's nothing happening. He was doing that during COVID. Oh, he would. Like, I saw so, him once cut a promo so live on a waitress and then hit her in the face with a lunch tray. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not. So there's not a lot of guys that think like that. A lot yeah. of guys they get fat, they eat chips and potato chips and drink, and then when it comes a, back, then they come get back. an opportunity that shows up in a month or two from now. They're like, okay, I got to rush. I got to. He's always on top of his game, and he's a serious man. But he's in love with wrestling. He, yes, he is. When we didn't know man. that we knew of each other. Um, he was just like me, like going to shows and just excited meeting people, learning about the industry. He's a big, big wrestling. He guy. had this interview with Tugboat, and and then again, I learned so much about him. Things that I taught him when he came to my school that that I didn't taught him. He taught himself. He learned. He he grew by himself. And then I saw this character with Tugboat. I saw him with Tugboat being a host instead of the uh, the guest, and he was like making tugboat look so good and bringing everything around him he was such a good speaker he speaks well and i looked at him just 
about a week ago, I looked at that podcast and I You're said, proud. Yeah. yeah. And I said to myself, this guy, I thought he'd make it at the end, the last four, because he worked well. <clears throat> but now, he, because he speaks well, he's smart, he's intelligent, you know, he has everything. But it's what we said him. before the podcast started, how important it is that talent is one thing, but you have a good attitude. If you're a good person, people want to work with you. They want to book you because they don't mind being around you. If you're a piece of garbage, you might lose spots to people that don't even have as much talent as you because they don't want to deal with your bullshit. You know how much he helped me, Jeremy? When I first started this project, he was the first guy that yes. I approached. The first guy. And he, you know what he told me? There was nothing. There was no QT Marshall that gave me a week or a, none. There was no Bret Hart or everybody telling, helping me out. It was just my little idea. Yeah. And he told me, he says, Jacques, he says, I'm behind you 100%. He says, I'm going to be with you 100%. And... and, and uh, Anyway, that's big uh, though. That's, it, it, it meant it, it means the world to me that a guy like that, that's so uh, the opposite of being selfish, he's selfless, uh, he's generous, yeah, he's selfless, yeah, he's generous, generous and selfless, so yeah. generous. And and now that he's 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 put that into my hand and he's gave me all. This. And you know what? There were so many, there were so many haters when I first started because when I was when I left, everybody knows for thirty years that WWE is. You're it's not in my good. It's not in my good. So, so everybody that watches uh, TVA do there, uh, TVA Sport, you know, something like that. They have WWE and in French. Was, and there was some haters that would come in the dressing room and they would start saying, "If you wrestle for Jacques Rougeau, this thing." I wasn't even started yet. If you wrestle for Jacques Rougeau, you'll never wrestle in Quebec for the wrestling independence, and you'll never wrestle for the WWE. Why? And there was this guy going around. I'm not mentioning any names. But why? Well, I don't understand the but point. The gel. I don't know. Haters are haters. Yeah. So, so what I'm so so what I'm saying is like. Like, but Jeremy never quit. He stayed with me, and he defended me in the dressing room. He did everything. I swear to God, and and he witnessed it too. So what I'm saying is like that's why I'm I'm such a great person for bullying and and, and against bullying. I hate bullies and I hate the people that that that. There's room for everybody in this world, you know. There really is. But 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 I wanted to say, Jeremy, and I'm saying it now for the first time live on a podcast that a couple of times I wanted to turn around in this project at the beginning. And Jeremy kept telling me, no, 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 Jacques, I'll help you. I'll find some talent. Don't worry about these guys that knocking you and they're threatening you. And a lot of talent that subscribed to my wrestling academy in the first two weeks, two weeks later, they pulled out because they were being bullied. And so, being so, so bullied. listen, so hold this into this. It's a lot better. Thank you, hater. Thank you. Because from that day on, I was going to do this project for Quebec only. But when I realized they were all pulling out because of this guy writing on an article and this and there... I said, okay, I'll go to Ontario. Listen to this. I'll go to Ontario. Oh, they, so they then didn't I go went to Ontario. Uncle. And the next thing you know, a guy from Ontario, there's a guy in Winnipeg that says, hey, I'll drive if I have to. So next thing you know, I'm going nationwide. I'm going worldwide because of the haters who tried to stop me. But so I can't they, believe how far they took it. So they oh, yeah. were inspiration for me. All the haters, they helped me. They didn't even know. I bet you now, if they look at the QT Marshall thing, all the rest of they said, you're not going to go nowhere. They're probably underneath the table by now, you know, and, and it's thanks to them. That it happened. What a weird effort to put in, to go as far as writing articles to say, fuck this guy. Oh, and not only that, <laughs> going in dressing rooms and telling the guys, I'm telling you, if you go with Jacques Rougeau, you're going to be banned from Quebec wrestling and banned from the WWE and banned from this. So they all, a lot of them got scared. And now I feel sorry for them. But now the funniest thing in the last month, there's about two or three that wrote me hiding, you know, and secretly there, Jacques, is it too late to get back? And I'm thinking... It's send him a photo said, of a roll of quarters. Not, no, send him that photo. Nah. <laughs> Tell him there's one way in. <laughs> I told him, I said, it's not too late. It's not too late. Yeah, but too late. for this year it is. But I'm full. 
because when I went to recruit you, you didn't want to, yeah. you, you pulled I out. I got other people. But next year, I'm going to have it again. And next year, it's going to be Mexico, United States, and Canada. It's going to be North America next year. Have you ever wrestled in Japan? Of course. Explain, what's the different culture there? How is it? Well, when I went there again, you talk about bullying, you know, intimidation. It's so funny because there's a, there was a word of honor, a code of honor that I heard Tugboat and him talk about the other in day. In Japan? Yeah, there was a code of honor. And I, when I heard the podcast with Tugboat, I said, hey, I was there. I did that too. The guys in Japan, it was the rule that every American that would go there, a Canadian had to go there, they had to be stiff on the guy. They had to hurt him. They had because, to hurt the Canadians. They had to hurt the, the, the Japanese guys in their hometown because if you didn't do that, they would take advantage of you. So the Japanese right? that's what Tugbo, that's knew exactly about what this. The yeah. Japanese knew about this, and they expected so you to they be stiff. Wanted to, to, they, they, for them, it was like they wanted to see if you're a real man or if you're not a real man. And I'm an artiste. So they wanted so you to be stiff, they, or else you're, you're so some pussy. They wanted, you, they wanted you to take care of yourself, to show the people that are there that, hey, no, he's really a tough guy in this. But that's not the business. When I found out after my first tour, I went with Raymond to Japan. I told Raymond, I said, I don't want to ever come back here again. That <laughs> like much? This, like, this is not my kind of wrestling. I got to beat up somebody. Or, you know, or hurt somebody to have the respect. That's not wrestling for me. We're, we're, you know, we're entertainment. We're, we're, we're a team. When we get in that ring, I give you my body. You give me your body. If, I give, if you give me your body and I pick you up, example, for a body slam, and I go to throw you, but I lose my balance, well, I'm going to make sure that the guy in the body slam, he falls even in the ring, and I break my shoulder or I break my elbow because he gave me his body. He trusted me. I'm going to make sure that he is safe before me. And, and that's always been a mentality But I these had. Japanese guys no, with no, the, the Americans... Japanese, they slapped the hell out of you. And if you didn't defend yourself, they, they would just eat you up. They, they were trying to get up. revenge. It was, uh, it was World War II. That's it. Hiroshima, <laughs> yeah, That's what it was. They were getting their revenge right there. They're like, you dropped two bombs? I'm going to drop an elbow. So there's, so, <laughs> so there's a lot of ins and outs, you know, in the wrestling that, that, that I, I didn't like when I was in, in the younger days in the business, you know, because... And I'll tell you something absolutely amazing. You know, when you talk about amazing stories, I'm talking about Nature Boy Ric Flair. Mm. I'm going to Atlanta. I, I, it's in maybe in uh, maybe in 79 or 80. I've been in the business three years. So I go to TBS. Now, TBS is different than all the other territories in the country. Every other In Michigan, you had a territory. In Florida, you had a territory. They were on TV. Everybody was on TV in their own state. But TBS was seen from coast to coast, from Boston to San Francisco on every Saturday morning, every Saturday night. It was TBS. So I'm there, but I'm new at the business. I'm young. So my name, I changed my name to Jerry Roberts because I don't want to ruin the name of Rouge, I'm getting beat every night. I'm a jobber. I'm the biggest okay, jobber. Okay. But Ole Andersons loves me. And, and you the, wanted uh, to ruin hey, Jake the Snake's family uh, name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Ole Anderson's the booker, and he loves the way I'm, I, I wrestle. He just loves it. The way you were selling. So he kept that. me for a year and a half on TBS, but, 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 but changed my name to Jerry Roberts. You know, I wanted to do that. But, but now I'm known not only from Jerry Roberts, but in the boys in the intern, I'm known as Jerry Jobber. <laughs> you know, because anybody who works with Jerry Roberts he's going over like you know the Jerry Java is going to put you over so everybody knew that so I got at the Omni that night actually the, in the morning so we're at the TV, TBS station we taped the, the the early shows and then they show at 5 o'clock and then the people go to the Omni that night in Atlanta so that's the way it was working Okay. so I get at the TV stations in the morning and I see the sheet on the wall Jerry Roberts against Ric Flair just for a 5 minute match to make him you know make him look good I'm an, I'm an extra you know I'm a jobber 
So I get in the dressing room, and, and, and in those days, a lot of people don't know that. In those days, before WWF, when you get in the ring, uh, if you were a babyface, you never spoke. It was yeah, always, I heard, it was I always heard, yeah. the heel that calls the matches, all from the beginning. So when I went to see Ric Flair, he was NWA champion, I, I looked at him like, my God, you know, I have an opportunity to wrestle with him. It's awesome. So I get to him. I'm a little nervous, a lot nervous. <laughs> so I go, I go to see him, and I said, uh, Mr. Flair, I said, uh, my name is Jerry Roberts. And I he said, fucking chopped I you said, in the yeah, chest. Yeah, 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 really. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I'm, uh, woo. So then he was, so, so I said, I'm Jerry Roberts. So he shakes my hand, and then he says, uh, I said, uh, I said, is there anything I need? To, uh, what would you like to do, you know? How are you going to do this and this? I'm so nervous. He said, oh, don't worry, kid. He said, I'll call it out there in the ring. So I got in a five-minute match with him on TBS. And he was just calling it. And for four minutes, he made me drop kick him. He made me leapfrog shine for four minutes. I took the whole match for four minutes. At the end, he slipped a win on me. And everybody was like stunned, not more than I was. So when we got back in the dressing room, I came out, I, I was so embarrassed. You know, I, everybody's beating me every week, and he, I almost beat him. You know? Yeah, it looked so, so good. Like, so I went to him, and I said, Mr. Flair, I said, why'd you do that? He said, let me tell you something, kid. He says, if I would have been in the ring, and he says, I would have swapped the ring with you every corner for five minutes. He says, who I would have beat? I would have beat a nobody. Now you went in there and you almost kicked my ass, but then I beat you because I'm better. He says, I beat somebody. Yeah. And he says, beating somebody's a lot better than beating a nobody. And he taught me a lesson. That was in 79, and I kept that with me my whole career. Is he, so yeah. he's a good dude, Ric Flair? I love Ric Flair. He's a lot a, of people say I that. love Ric Flair. I love Ric Flair. He's such a professional. His outside uh, uh, extras I don't care about, I don't know about. I never went to bars. I know he's a wild man, but I know he was so respected <laughs> in the business. And I owe him so much because on that day, you know, I finished not long after that in TBS. I'd been there for a year and a half. Every territory around the country was calling me. Hey, do you want to come and work for us? Hey, do you want to come work for us? So he made me look good enough that people in small territories around the country would have a position for me. You know, I, I'm, I've always been curious, and I never asked anyone. So jobbers that are, are when you do the job for like you did for a couple of months, TBA, a year and is, a half, it, a year and a half, you did yeah. it. Is there money in that for uh, the jobber? No, no, you get paid uh, like no, but you you get exposure and you get you get the, the experience. Most exposure for me because after that I went to Tennessee, I went to Kansas City, I went to everybody was calling me. So it's more. But like, was there money there after that? Well, it depends what you have money. Uh, like you know, I was making three hundred fifty dollars a week. You know, paying my hotel, my gas, and my food. If you call that money, uh, <laughs> but that's uh, not money. But it was better than Calgary. In Calgary, yeah. I was making two hundred fifty a week. You know, and then in Nashville. Tennessee, I was making $185 a week. So you have to pay your dues in this business. Yeah. And I paid for so, so many years. I was just eating tuna fish during the week with crackers. And on Sunday, I'd go to McDonald's. Oh, yeah, baby. It was my big meal of the week. And how long the, do people normally do that until they get a break? It, de it depends. Being at the right place, the right, the right time, time like knowing said. the right people. And, 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 you know, another thing, too, that I wish, you know, some people ask me, what would you do different, you know, if you went back, Jacques? I'd have a better attitude. I knew I had a bad attitude. I was just a funny kind of guy anyway, as you know now. But it was like I would have had a better opening of mind. I would have done things better. I would have listened more instead of talking. <laughs> you know, I was a big talker. So, you know, my mom used to tell me, turn your, your tongue seven times before you talk. You know, I, I never had a chance to turn at all. I was always talking, blah, blah, blah. reacting. I was more like a, a pro, pro in French. You say like uh, when you're somebody that's pro, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they, you hit bang. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have done it. Right you away. Know? It's all it's reflex. Like, yeah, It's reflex. I wish I could go back now in all these years and be a better man. But, you know, we live and we learn and, and that's life.
Fuck, this is uh, I, I'm excited. I'm, uh, the Ric Flair story really got me, like just thinking about that. Because you going in and you don't want to screw it up, and he's calling it as you go, and then you're thinking, you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Am I Drop kick him off the top rope. He takes a bump through the ropes on the cement floor, and then he says, dive after him. Like, ah, okay, I'll dive on him, and you know, and shoot me in the ring, pin me. He says, pin, grab my leg tight. And I'm going like Chris, is he gonna let me win? <laughs> it's like anyway. But but he made me look so good. And I was the biggest jobber. He does that jobber, to a lot of wrestlers. And I was I the biggest jobber in the territory. The biggest jobber was me. He does that to a lot of people though. I heard that that was his thing, that he would put a lot of people over. Uh, he wanted them to look good. He's a very generous man. Very, very generous man. And a lot of people aren't in that business, huh? So anything else you to want to know about me? Oh, well, look, this could go on for for years. I, I'm so curious about all kinds of things. Like, for example, uh, do you have Did you know? Uh, did you know Eddie Guerrero? Did you ever get to work? Yes, with him he worked him? for me in my WCW show. The first time I had a WC when I beat Hulk in Montreal, yeah. it was my show. I booked that show with uh, Cookie Lazarus, a big lawyer in Montreal, and he fronted all the money. And I opened the doors. I got TV for WCW. That's when I left Vince. I was pissed off, so I wanted to go get WCW, and I wanted to have, open up other horizons for for the wrestlers. And and so so I asked Hulk to come wrestle with me. And on that show, there was Eddie Guerrero against Dean Malenko. And then there was uh, Ric Flair, there was the Harlem Heat, there was Lex Luger, uh, Mongo McKnight, uh, Mongo... Um, McMichael. McMichael, McMichael with yeah. Deborah is the manager. I had the midgets on my show, and you know I had so I, I created so I met him there. But apart from that, I didn't know him. But was, when you met him, was he as good? Because I hear about how good of a dude he was. I hear about that a lot. I, I couldn't tell a lot you of documentaries. He just came to work for the show. I, I've never hung around with him, but I've he never heard a bad thing about him. I've never heard a bad thing. I always I've hear. I see the documentaries at like, uh, the backstage. You know, some people you have heat. You hear him. I always hear about the professionalism and how nice of a person he was backstage so i'm always curious if i ever meet someone who had a chance to run in with them because it's rare that you find people like that that you hear just a lot of good stuff about them behind the scenes you're in wrestling you, you always hear some dark you stuff. know what i found amazing another thing about the podcast he did with tugboat you know it was amazing I, this guy has more baggage that i couldn't believe you know he came to my school and then a couple of years he left and then he starts telling stories of guys he know he went to work with and stuff and i'm going like geez that's my little jeremy there that you know he's become a he's total package yeah. he's the total he's the new lex luger he's, he's been screwed over package. too he's uh, he's living the dream but, but now <laughs> he's doing it all show him the guns there because oh, it's know, all natural yeah, all natural and then look here i got the all natural too for i'm 61 years old you know remember yeah, that. you what the fuck but, 61 but, but, <laughs> but you know this guy's a total package and And, and, and so I'm, I'm so excited, Jeremy. And I've learned so much in the podcast you did. You're such a smart guy. I, I got to tell you, I'm oh, very, very you. impressed. I, I mean, really I, I started off in, a, in the right place. And uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot on my own too. But uh, you, you got to always go back to your roots. And I'm very thankful that, you know, you gave me my start in wrestling. And uh, I hope to be, on, be able to carry on that legacy. I know you say you want the Rougeau legacy to go on a uh, hundred years. Uh, I know your boys have left and whatnot. But All your students, all the people that you trained, you, you touched a lot of lives, you influenced a lot of careers, and they're the next generation of yeah, Rougeau. That legacy's not well, Kevin die Owen up. came to my school. He was 14 years old. There you go. He's and, part and of he that was, generation, and he was four years at my school, and now he's became a, a world champion. By the way, you him know? too. I've heard behind the scenes, good dude. I've heard that from a lot of people. Kevin Owens I've, is so, another so, one of those so, guys. So, so all this to say that if I could have a chance to impact his career at this well-deserving break, if he gets this chance, would be the biggest dream for me. 
because not only he was my student, not only because he backed me up at the beginning of this project and he put his head on the... He was even mentioned that he would be booking, canceled, and stuff like that. I'm sure it was. He never oh, spoke. they threatened you He too? never told me. I just know it has to be because everybody else had Yeah, it. no, I, I encountered all the same kind of adversity as everyone else, but but I, I'm an aggressive person. Like, yeah. I, I don't let myself get bullied. And in a lot of ways, people try to pick a fight with me and they'll realize it, it's a fight they're not going to win. That's why I don't lose. <laughs> I fight till I win. Now that's the kind of guy I want yeah. my team. I'm aggressive. <laughs> yeah, you go intimidate him. So, you know, anyway, all this to say that uh, don't forget, everybody, wrestling-academy.ca. you got to go see this project. you got to vote. You gotta, and you know another thing i got to tell you? It's really funny. I'm a voice. I like the voice. I've been following the voice for you, Simon Carwell. And, and, okay, and, okay. And, 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 uh, you like all those reality and, oh, shows. Oh, man, and the I like, shows. you know, uh, Katy Perry on the other one there. I, I follow that tremendously. And, and the funniest thing was... Every time I watch a video and the video, would, uh, the singer would finish or, or, or something like that, there was always someone that would say, don't forget to subscribe and ring that little bell. I'll turn the TV off. I'd say, oh, shut up. You know, like, Jesus Christ. But now you now get it. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> now listen, wrestling-academy.ca, subscribe and press the notification button because you'll be aware when it starts in the month of May and you'll be able to vote. Well, look, the, it's very easy because the links are all in the description. People oh, yeah. just need to click and get it done. Yeah. And also, when this actually starts, I'm going to promote it on my social media again so oh, that people know, so hey, look, much. starting tomorrow this night, get yeah. people on there. I'm going to be watching. And I want to see what's happening. to vote for Jeremy also. Of course. Yeah. They got to vote for the same guy I'm voting for. <laughs> I got to stay impartial. I got to stay impartial. You have to stay impartial. I'm very partial. I'm very partial. Okay, very good. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll do that. I want to thank both of you for coming on. Jacques, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so and much. And links are in the description. Make sure you, you're going to vote. I'm going to remind you people. Uh, there's a lot of good wrestlers there. I'm looking at the coaches right now. Martin de Croville-Neuve. We're going to talk about him after. Uh, <laughs> just, I love the costume. But thank you guys so much. That's something I wanted to say. Tell oh, me. yeah. Don't forget to give me my tickets for your show. Oh, for sure you're coming. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.